Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. And you can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in San Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Colleen Wachop is the author of The Joy of Wellbeing, a practical guide to a happy, healthy, and long life. She is the co-founder and co-CEO at Mind Body Green. She graduated from Stanford University with degrees in international relations and Spanish and spent 10 years working at Fortune 500 companies, including Gap, Walmart, and Amazon. She lives in Miami, Florida with her husband, Mind Body Green founder and co-founder, Jason, and their two daughters, Ellie and Grace. Her first book, which is co-authored with Mind Body Green founder, Jason, was released in May. Welcome, Colleen. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss your book, The Joy of Well-Being, A Practical Guide to a Happy, Healthy, and Long Life. Thank you so much for having me. Thrilled to be here. 
So the first thing is that you're changing wellness to well-being, and you talk about that in the book. Tell us a little bit about that and how not only that word, but the book itself is a little bit of a mindset shift into how we've been thinking about everything. Yeah. So I've been deeply entrenched in the wellness world for 13 years. Um, one of the co-founders of Mind Body Green, along with my husband, Jason. And we have a really complicated relationship with the word wellness. You know, on the one hand, these tools have helped us both heal. My husband from two extruded discs in his back. I had a pulmonary embolism at, you know, 32 and was walking around Brooklyn with, you know, showers of clots in my lungs. And, you know, wellness was the tool that really brought me back to my center. And fast forward now, and we look at the wellness landscape, and it's a cacophony of voices on social media. There's so much noise. There's so much rigidity around routines and protocols, where as a a mom of two girls, I get a little triggered when I hear about these elaborate 40-minute routines where I'm like, I'm really happy when I get out the door, marginally on time, hair brushed for my kids. So I I look at it and it's just not practices that I can relate to or integrate into my life at this current life stage. So we wanted to shift the conversation to well-being, which we think comes from more of a place of abundance and joy, whereas wellness can be about restriction and protocols. And I think within all of this wellness, which is great that we're all talking about this more, we've really lost sight of kind of the important principles of connection and joy and making sure that that's a staple in our lives. No, true. So in the book, you highlight first all the main categories of ways where we can bring more well-being into our life, but you also take us in different directions, like reminding everybody about the importance of taking a walk by the water and how things like that, which by the way, you inspired me. And this morning I like dragged my 16 year old out and I was like, we're going to walk on the beach. <laughs> and She went kicking and screaming, but I was like, no, it's even better to walk by the water. It's not just the walk. <laughs> so anyway, tips like that, which you might not have thought about and just all these ways where we can not feel overwhelmed by the things that we're supposed to do, like you were just saying, but but integrate. So what are some of these things that seem overwhelming, but really with smaller steps, we can all increase our own well-being? Yeah. I mean, you brought up one of my favorites, which is walking, which is just one of the most underrated activities that you can do. There's great benefits for improving cognitive performance. And there's just such a host of mobility benefits too. So if you're, you know, kind of overwhelmed by all of the fitness options and not sure where to start, just getting your steps in is the perfect place to start. And when you can do it by the water, which lowers your cortisol or do it with a friend or a family member, that's even better. You know, we, we start the chapter with breath, which is one of the easiest places to uncomplicate your wellness and your well-being routine. Breath is hugely personal to me because after my pulmonary embolism when I was 32, it was the first time I really gave any thought to breath. I was you know, riding the subways in my recovery process after having my pulmonary embolism. And it was a journey to be able to breathe again. And I remember looking at people on the subway and being like, I need that seat and kind of eyeing for the seat and racing senior citizens to the last seat because I was worried about being able to breathe on a really steamy New York subway. And one of the opening chapters is about breath because we believe so much in the importance of nostril breathing. And if you have someone in your family who snores, this could be a great place to clue them in. Or if you're someone who runs a little anxious like me and you want to more tune into your parasympathetic nervous system, your rest and digest system, breath is just such a great place to start. 
breathing through your nose. And while I've done and tried and see a lot of value in a lot of the different meditation and breathwork techniques, at this stage of my life, it's really hard to make the time for a practice. It can feel really overwhelming to carve out 20 minutes. And what I love about nostril breathing is you can actually do it in the moment. So when you're having that tense conversation, it automatically makes you kind of go into this listening mode and listen, which is such a good skill that I'm personally working on. (laughs) Amazing. I love that. What about sleep? Gosh, sleep is another personal chapter for me in so many ways. And I'm so glad that we have collectively started to move away from the sleep hustle culture and are really getting behind, you know, the power of sleep to transform your life. If you go without vegetables for a couple weeks, you're going to be fine. If you miss the gym for a couple weeks, you're going to be fine. Go a couple days without sleep, you're not going to be okay. When I was in my early 20s, I couldn't sleep for three nights in a row, ended up in the hospital where they gave me a Xanax. And that was where my sleep etiquette kind of started and ended. And at this stage in my life, I've kind of become obsessed with the idea of sleep. And one of the hardest lessons to learn, which the sleep doctor, Dr. Michael Bruce told me was the first thing you got to do is just let go of the stress of going to bed, which is so hard when you have anxiety that builds up. But one of the things I've learned is that your sleep day actually starts in the morning. So how do you start your day with sunlight? How do you get that light exposure so that you're automatically resetting the melatonin and the circadian rhythms of your natural body? Because we have lost our ability to just naturally fall asleep, a skill we used to have. And studies have shown that when you put campers back in the wild, they adjust. But we, with all these screens, have kind of lost touch of that. So getting that sunlight exposure, being mindful of the type of exercise modalities that you do and at what time you do and how they affect your sleep routine. And, you know, kind of to Dr. Bruce's point of how do you not stress yourself out too much? We still watch TV in bed, which is something that none of the sleep experts will tell you to do because it brings us a lot of joy. Keep your room cool. We we put ours at 65 degrees. Everybody's wow, unique. That's really it's really cold. Yeah. And, you know, be mindful of your screens and just be understanding of what your triggers are so that you can ensure that you're setting yourself up for a good night's of sleep as soon as you wake up in the morning. I turned on the car this morning to go pick up my younger daughter and the the guy like talking on Sirius XM was like, by the way, I have eight tips for a healthy, longer life. And I was about to change it. And I was like, I'm going to move my hand away. Anyway, he's like, this, 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 and this. He was, it, One of which was like, don't be an opioid addict. So I felt like I had already accomplished one. And anyway, then he went on to, he goes, sleep hygiene. I don't know. What does that mean? You have to wash your pillowcase? <laughs> like, oh my gosh. But anyway. <laughs> Probably a good idea every now and then. Yeah. Good good to get all of these things on everybody's radar. You open up a lot in the book about your own journey. Obviously, you've mentioned multiple times your pulmonary embolism and the scene of you like in the subway was so... I mean, I felt so badly for you and also your husband not being able to like stand up and like getting back to walking a few steps and all of his pain and all that. But you also open up a lot about your fertility journey and that and you had some funny line like, okay, you know, now that you've come with us far this far along in the book, like we're friends and so we're going to tell you all of this, so, which I thought was hilarious. And so you talked about that. Tell me about that decision. Have you had any regrets? How do you feel about it? How does your husband feel about it? And and all of that. Yeah, we had such a long circuitous fertility journey. And, you know, one of the the biggest parts of the story that, you know, we've been really open about is men account for 40% of fertility issues. And we started this journey thinking that, you know, 
I was quote unquote the problem. And, you know, after doing two rounds of Clomid and shame on my NYC first fertility center for not testing my husband, then they finally tested my husband. And it was a, a long journey of, you know, dealing with a condition called azuspermia, which involved surgery to extract his sperm before we could even get to the start line of IVF. That was probably a one year journey. And then I remained this medical kind of mystery of, you know, I, I had all the good markers and all the good kind of data, but it took us a total of 15 embryos implanted and, and nine IVF transfers to get to our first daughter. And by the time we got to our second daughter, I had a feeling the day before the transfer that I was going to get pregnant. So I called up the fertility center and told them not to transfer two, to just transfer one because I was going to get pregnant. And I think they thought I was a little loony at that point in time, but sure enough, my intuition was was spot on. And I'm so glad that there's so much more conversation about all areas of fertility these days because it was so lonely when we were going through it. And I think sharing these stories of resilience only helps women when they're going through to be able to see women who have not just survived on the other side, but thrived through so many different you know ways of, of becoming parents. And those stories were hugely valuable to me to draw on hope and inspiration along my journey. And I hope that in sharing our story, there's someone who's maybe going through their darkest hour and, you know, dark days of the soul that they're finding some hope in their journey as well. Oh, I appreciated the vulnerability and the sharing. It was wonderful. I feel like I haven't touched enough on the joy part of this book because a lot of it involves like doing things that bring you joy, that you enjoy doing, that it's not, none of this is supposed to be like punishment. And how can you bring in things that are fun for you into your life and and thereby you'll want to do them more, <laughs> essentially. So obviously, I mean, it sounds obvious, but it is such an important reminder when people feel like they need to slog through XYZ class. Like, so for you, like, what are some things that bring you joy that also achieve well-being? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Yeah, so we want to integrate this conversation of joy span into the vernacular. You know, we started with this idea of health span where it's not just 
about living to 100, but having a good quality of life. And now as we think about this idea of joy span, it's, you know, if, if you're living until the centenarian Olympics, but you're not connecting with others and having friends and, you know, being a part of the community, like what is the point of all of these years of living? And we made the decision to move to Miami last year, which, you know, was motivated both by our children's school and also by our ability and desire to be closer to nature, closer to pursuits that we enjoyed, like pickleball. You know, it sounds super corny, but it brings us a lot of joy. We also love being closer to nature. We already talked about the cortisol-lowering effects of being um, by water, but just being by nature is actually a spiritual experience for so many people. And I found that to be true in my own life. And part of it is Hey, we can acknowledge we're all on varying levels of addiction with our phones right now. And when you're by the water and by the ocean, I definitely leave my phone behind. Um, and I hope everyone else does too, for lots of reasons. But that's really enabled me to be more present with my daughters and to truly d disconnect. One of the uh, leaders who we reference in the purpose chapter is Dr. Lisa Miller, who lives here in Coconut Grove in Miami. And she's also a professor at Columbia and she has this incredible statistic that I look to as part of my why right now, which is when mother and child are high in spirituality, the child is 80% more protected against oppression. And it's not just within those child years, it's throughout life. And you can substitute mother for caretaker, for father, really just showing that when there's a high spiritual connection, you know, you are helping to develop a more mentally resilient child. And that is so much of my why right now. And what I love about Dr. Miller's definition of spirituality is it's so broad. It's so all-encompassing. Yes, it can be religion or spirituality, but it can also be volunteering, helping, helping your community or spending time in nature and really this idea that we're connected to something bigger than just ourselves. So it's not just for me a joyful connection, but it's truly a spiritual connection when I spend time in water. Love that. Tell everybody about Mind Body Green and how you started it and where it's going and who should take advantage of everything you have to offer. Just talk about all that great stuff. Awesome. So Mind Body Green started out of our Brooklyn apartment 13 years ago, our 700 square foot apartment in Dumbo. And my husband was going through his own personal health issues. I mentioned he had two extruded discs in his back. I was on this journey with my pulmonary embolism. And we had this view of the world where we wanted to kind of redefine the way in which wellness was portrayed. At the point in time, wellness was something you thought of as like a, a European spa. And there wasn't people talking about health and well-being in a way that incorporated mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, and environmental well-being. So if you fast forward 13 years, those same pillars are still true. Those are the same values of the site today. We reach about 15 million people on the site itself, 5 million across all social channels. Um, in addition to the, the content that we have on the site, we also have a line of supplements and, and personal care products and also an incredible health coaching certification, which is part of our online education. So really all things laddering up to helping people live a, a life well-lived. Do you include reading in that bucket? Like, does that, is that one of the ingredients for you? Absolutely. And there are some great brain experts on, you know, not just the, the value to cognitive performance, but, you know, if it all comes back to joy and finding, finding what brings you joy from a reading perspective and how you incorporate that into your, your daily life. How do you, I mean, I hate this question, but when you're managing your wellness and your family and your business and your book and all of that, like, 
how do you, what are the nuts and bolts of how you're structuring your time like during the week? Yeah, I think it is all about integration for us. We we have been very realistic that right now at this moment in time, as two parents of a four-year-old and a six-year-old that are at a very high-touch elements of our parenting journey, as well as a business that's still at a high-touch element, it has to be about integration. So our morning routines are basically getting out of the house in one piece, ideally on time to school. <laughs> and beyond that, you know, I've realized, especially after I turned 40, you know, the importance of kind of evolving my fitness routines and how I move. I still love walking. And even though we moved to Miami, we still have a very New York kind of state of mind and that we walk to work and we walk all the time within our Miami community. And that for us is about integration, taking the stairs when it's less than when it's less than five stories. And we've also added in resistance training because sarcopenia is real and having, you know, better bone density as we age is something that is really top of mind for us and kind of building the body armor as our why continues to evolve. You know, and I think about not just my kids, but okay, I want to be able to hold if um if my kids decide to have kids, the 30 pounder, you know, that's going to come out and get off the ground and be able to play with them. And that's a big part of kind of the biggest shift we've made about how we think about the movement piece of our equation. And it's about being intentional about building community and making friends. And frankly, those were new muscles for us after living in Brooklyn for 13 years and moving to a place where so many people ask us, do you have you know family here? And we're like, no, not really. We're, we're, we're intentionally cultivating a community of people and we have to kind of take that awkward first step a lot of times to ask people out, to ask another couple out, to ask another family member out or family over. And I think that's been a really important part of establishing a, a strong community here and new muscles that we've had to build. I'm always thoughtful about sleep etiquette, my caffeine curfew or the time at which I sunset and stop having caffeine during the day because sleep is really you know, such an important pillar of, of life. But I think being here in Miami at this moment in time, you know, our whys evolved. We entered this through personal health crises. And now as, as parents, we're really, frankly, freaked out by the mental health crisis that's facing all humans. It's particularly hard at for boys and girls who are going through the, you know, teenage years. And we're really focused on building mentally resilient children who can help weather the inevitable ups and downs that life is going to throw their way. Wow. I'm actually going to be in Miami throwing a retreat in November. And I feel like it would be really fun if we were to partner with you on bringing all these hopefully book lovers and we're going to go to the Miami book fair and have parties and all that. So we should talk about that. That'd be fun. Sounds divine. Count me in. <laughs> How was the process of actually writing a book? What was that like for you? Would you do it again? Major stresses involved? What did you think? You know, I think it, it was definitely a learning process. We have hun over 100,000 pieces of content on Mind Body Green, but writing in, in one format is so different than the other format. And it really became crystal clear for us in terms of establishing our why. And I think one of the challenges is when you have so many pieces of content on the site, what is your actual philosophy can get a little bit lost because there is so much content. So what it really helped us to do was to crystallize our why, to kind of look back on the past 13 year, years of wellness and 
What did we want to keep and what did we want to discard from the conversation? And the joy of writing a book is that you can have a little bit more of a POV. You know, in content, especially online, there's a lot of, you know, rules, whether it's SEO or, you know, that you need to abide by. But we could really get a little bit more playful, a little bit more fun with our tone and our voice, which was really exciting. And, you know, for us, it's about redefining what well-being is going to look like for the next decades. Wow. Do you ever feel like all this well-being is just too much and you just want to like eat an ice cream sundae and like lounge around and not think about it anymore (laughs) or or, or not? I totally understand all the critiques on wellness because I have and share many of them. And, you know, when we were thinking of kind of the positioning and and the audience for this book, it's, it's longevity for the rest of us. It's longevity for the 99% and the folks who are kind of sick of the rigidity of the routines. And, you know, if we were to bring it back to this, you know, especially this important ingredient of joy, absolutely have the ice cream, but make sure that it's a really good sundae or cone or whatever it is that, you, that you're that you desiring. Don't skimp on something, you know, that's not going to really satisfy you. But food is something that should be enjoyed. And having those great rituals, whether with, they're with our kids or with our family, is such an important part of uh, life's experiences. And I I think through writing this book, we've become really aware that, you know, we only have 4,000 weeks to live. When you think a lot about longevity, you think about it in very finite terms. And we only have 4,000 weeks on planet Earth. So how do we make the best of it and have these really memorable experiences for us and for our kids and for our family? That really does not sound like a lot. Are you sure that number is right? (laughs) Kind of backtrack me. Oh man. Oh my gosh. And then I'm like, what did I even do last week? I don't know. What am I going to do next week? So what do you like to read when you're, when you have extra time? You know, I read a lot of, I read a lot of business and I read a lot of wellness books and it's kind of that, you know, fusion of the two, which in business, like our business has changed and evolved so much in the past 13 years prior to 2020. So prior to COVID, our business was essentially all advertising and 25% of our revenue was from events. That has changed significantly. And now we have a supplements line and like learning these new business lines like has involved lots of lots of reading of books, lots of reading of Twitter, you know, and using a lot of resources to kind of figure out the next stage of our business. And I love reading lots of leadership books along those same lines. And we are always looking for kind of who is going to be the up and coming face in wellness, who's going to have something new that's going to really break through. So I don't know if it's work, if it's pleasure, but we love reading books from so many wellness luminaries. And what do you think the secret to being a successful entrepreneur is? Oh gosh, I think it's about putting one foot in front of the other and, you know, believing in yourself, believing in your mission. And I think what's given us the tenacity over the past 13, 14 years is we are so passionate about health and well-being. We've seen these tools transform our own lives. We love diving in, making ourselves guinea pigs, trying it, talking to these super inspiring leaders within health and wellness. And, you know, that gives us the fortitude to keep on putting one foot in front of the other. Love it. And any advice to aspiring authors? You know, I think it's about really taking the time 
for us to figure out what was our why and what was our mission behind the book and what could we convey in a book that we couldn't convey on social media, that we couldn't convey in one of the 100,000 blog posts. And that really led to a result that we're really proud of. Amazing. Well, Colleen, congratulations. The Joy of Well-Being, a practical guide to a happy, healthy, and long life. Pick it up today. Joy of Well-Being and uh, start experiencing joy right away. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on all you've accomplished and the whole company and the book and everything else. It's awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.